Hey, I'm Zach. I'm the lead pastor here at Restore. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope that this message encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. And I hope that it causes you to dive deeper into God's word. I also hope that you have some community around you that you can talk through some of these things with. Now, I want to remind you that we are in the middle of our year in the story, which is really this deep dive into God's great story and our place in it. If you'd like more information about that or more information about our community here at Restore, you can get that on our website at restoreaustin.org. We'd really love to see you soon. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Um, my name is Wayne uh, Pimpton, and uh, like Zach said earlier, uh, I'm from the, a church in Fort Worth, Texas called The, the Table. Um, and I, like, just to be honest with you, struggling today. Um, I, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't think any of us do. So outside of relying on God and not from a, like a fake, like Sunday school answer, like I just don't know what to do. And, um, I'm just tired of having mornings like this, you know? I can't imagine what people who uh, live in El Paso or Ohio are dealing with this morning. I know that I'm afraid. Um, That's real. Um, I know that I live in a, a constant fear for my sons. And I know that's not good. I know that something that the Lord wants to deal with. But I'm just being honest with you today that I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of uh, wondering what next is going to happen or how long it will be before someone in a position of power uses their voice to speak things of love and truth and togetherness and unity and there's no longer divisiveness and hurt and harm towards people. Um, I am hopeful. I will remain prayerful. I will continue to hope that Jesus will be at work in the lives of people uh, that are believers and that we would use our words and our actions to draw people to him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because I, I fully believe, as Zach said, he and I talked about a month ago, and just to be honest with you, this is a message that I preached about a month and a half ago, and, and I just, like, something that the Lord just really kind of has been dealing with me on for the last few years is my words and the weightiness of it. And I, I believe this to be true. I, I believe that um, our words are very weighty. I believe that what we have to say and what we do say, they matter. It matters, especially for those of us who claim to be believers in Jesus. Our words really, really matter. And for so long, my words detracted people from Jesus as a Christian. The things that I said and did actually pulled people away from Jesus instead of pointing them to him. And that should not be the case. It was foolish of me to do that. It's foolish of me to do it when I still do it. But for any of us in here that live that way, um, I, I hope my prayer today would be that you would think of the, the, the weight of your words and that you would use them to glorify God. 
I, I love Zach and Amy. I've known them for a long time. Uh, Zach, you're getting old. I am not. As I tell my wife who is here, um, she's younger than me, but black don't crack. So it, it's going to be this like point in time where people will begin to think, man, like she is much older than he is. And so right now, um, you still have your age and your beauty. You always have your beauty, but that, you know, you know, I say, I love you. Um, I'm so glad that um, I'm in trouble. Pray for me and my, the car ride home. Um, but man, I'm, I'm so thankful to be here. I wish my, well, I don't wish my sons could be here or else I would have brought them. They're, they're awesome. But we needed like, we needed just like 24 hours of nobody screaming. Um, we were here last time, uh, last time that we came to restore, uh, we had just, or my wife had just had our son um, and he just like screamed the last 45 minutes on the way home. And I just like, they're older now, but I just didn't know if he would have like PTSD and just decide to start screaming. And so it was like, you know what, let's leave, let's leave you guys at home. They're with uh, an adult. We're not just, we're not animals. Um, but um, and I'm just so glad to be here this morning. I'm, I'm broken up, um, but I'm hopeful. I want to be more hopeful, you know than I am, but I'm, I am hopeful. Um, would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for you. God, may we never get over the fact that you, God himself, came to earth so that we could have life that we could have life in eternity, but also now that we could have life in the full because of you. And Jesus, I pray for everybody who's been affected by what has taken place in the last 24 hours in El Paso, in Ohio. God, be with them. I don't even know. Heal those who have been wounded. God, give them what they need so that they can be physically whole as you work in their hearts to grasp some sense of reality again. God, I pray that you would speak through me today to every heart that would see this or hear this, every heart in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> a week ago today um, at our church, we had a baptism service at the lake. You guys do something similar. I think you call it Bapticue, which is way cooler than what we call it. We just were lazy, so we call it lake baptism service. Um, really, really creative at our church. And, um, I mean, it was really cool. We, we baptized 11 people, and uh, five of them were students. Uh, and I, I work with middle school and high school students mostly, and five of them were students, and it was really cool to see. We had just kind of come off our summer camp and just to see what God had done. There's just been kids that I have been praying for for, for a year and gave their life to Jesus, and were like, man, I'm ready to, to jump into this lake and tell people publicly of who I am, a believer in Jesus. It was just a really cool moment. It was just awesome. We, we celebrated with, um, well, you guys have like real barbecue. We had hot dogs and um, ice cream because, you know, we're we're cheap. And so, um, but it, it was, it was really cool. Uh, I was just really thankful. I was walking around talking to people. Uh, and then all of a sudden somebody came up to me, uh, this man that I had never met 
older man. Um, he was a, he's a, he, he's a Hispanic man. He, he came up to me and he's eating his ice cream and he just kind of pauses, like gets really close and just like eating his ice cream, kind of smacking. It was actually kind of annoying at first. Um, and I'm like, oh man, like I am known to be confronted um, for things that I say or how I say them. And so I'm just like, you know, you just replay, like, what did you say? Who did you make mad? Like, what do you have to apologize for? Just kind of preparing the apology. And uh, he looks at me and he says, I love your shirt. It's like, cool. Uh, what am I wearing? Um, we have this shirt um, and it says, it says, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Obviously, once again, not creative. Got it from the Bible. Um, and... <laughs> says, I love your shirt. And it was really, it's kind of strange. And I don't know, some of you may get this. Some, some, of the, some of you that maybe, you know, look a little bit more like me than Zach may understand that when we, like you go to a party and you are one of a few minorities, you always kind of find that person that like looks like you and you just like check in with them to make sure like, yo, like this is a good place. Like we're all good here. Like we're safe. Everybody's kind. I thought that's like, I was like, maybe this is what's happening. And, and it kind of is what it was. Because he looked at my shirt and he said, man, I really like your shirt. And he said something to the effect of, you're pretty brave wearing it out here. This man had never been to our church before. He was there to see his granddaughter be baptized, but he had run into many Christians that would wear the shirt but not live it out. And he was like astonished that I would put this shirt on. From all of these people who he assumed, just honestly, he assumed that they would not actually love him and receive him. He assumed because of the way that he looked that people would just put him off and just leave him where he was. That was his assumption. And I got to talk to him and I said, look, like this is not a shirt that I designed or created. This is a shirt that our church uh, wears. It's a shirt that we give out. It's who we not just like try, who we not just talk about being, but who we actually are. We desire to love all people. We desire to see all people know Jesus, know his goodness, know his grace, his forgiveness, and his love. And that is not just a t-shirt. That is who we are. And he was amazed by that because he was like, man, you're, you're, you're saying these things. And like, I've heard this stuff from other people. I've heard people go on mission trips across the world and go to these countries and they're all fired up in these other countries. But when they get back, they see these people and they treat them so differently. Love is nowhere to be found. He said, I've heard of, I've seen people wear shirts like this, but I've never seen of a church this is, this is him, my, my interpretation of what he was saying and feeling. I've never seen a church that really like, backed it up with their actions. And it blew me away. An older man who had been in church, who didn't see me and everyone else the same and see me and, and the fact that I was wearing this shirt, he thought I was unique and different. And he assumed that everybody else wasn't. And the reality is, is I, I walk with that same assumption sometimes about Christians. I walk with that same assumption because sometimes I just don't see it. I don't see our lives lived out. The, the things that we say to people are so damaging. They're so, they break people down, and I'm guilty of this. I spent the majority of my life from birth to 21 just ripping people down, just tearing people down for my own gain. 12 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. It, 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 it looked a little bit different, but it didn't look so drastically different because I still was the person who was consistently just beating people down and tearing them down with their words, with my words. And it should not be so. 
shouldn't be so. I want to remind some of you of something, something that we used to say growing up. Me and my friends would have like uh, conversations, maybe like bets, conversations, whatever it makes you, it's, it's more like bets, but I just didn't want to say it at church because I don't know how some of you feel about that. But I was young. I still bet sometimes still. Uh, so it's fine. You know, nobody here is perfect, so you judge yourselves. Um, but we used to say, uh, like when we would talk about each other, like talk to each other about something, we would, somebody would say this phrase. they say, put that on something. Put that on something. Like if, and what that, that phrase means is that like if you didn't trust my word enough, I had to like add emphasis and put that on something. And for me, what I would always put it on if I was serious was my mom. Like you know you don't put something on mama because if you put something on mommy, like you better mean it. Like it has to be real. And, but if I, if I didn't really mean it or if I was kind of unsure, I would, I would put it on my sister if I'm honest. Um, uh, we have a much better relationship now than we used to, but it was like she was kind of disposable at the time in my eyes. And so it was like I would put that on my sister. I would put stuff on my sister. But the reality was is that my word wasn't enough. My word wasn't enough because I had failed them so many different times that they had seen and that my word, I would say something and it would fail. I would say I'm going to do something, then I wouldn't. And so it needed extra emphasis. It shouldn't be the case for us as believers in Jesus. Matthew 5, 33 through 37 will be up on the screen if you, uh, if you don't have your Bibles. This is Jesus speaking, just setting the stage. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to all who are in earshot, telling them of this is the way that we should live. If you don't know what to do, uh, how to live as a Christian, start in Matthew 5 um, and just really just unpack, start there and just read um, the words of Jesus and, and how he calls us and equips us to live. But he says this, he says, you have also heard that our ancestors were told you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven because heaven is God's throne and do not say by the earth because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head for you can't turn one hair white or black or make it grow. Um, amen. Is that cool? Yeah. Just a simple yes, I will or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Yes, I will or no, I won't. Our word has to carry weight. And I think we would all admit today that the, the words of people who claim Jesus at times has lost its weight. So many people who will stand on the stage and tell you about forgiveness and grace and love and truth, and those things are facts and actual, and Jesus is the Son of God, and he loves you, and he calls for you to come to him and to experience his grace and his forgiveness. But then those same people with those same words, they lose the weight of it by going out and living a certain way or de dehumanizing certain people and calling attention to themselves and breaking away from what Jesus has called us to. And it's something that I struggle with because I talk to people who aren't believers and they look at us and, and, I'm, and I get it. Honestly, I get it. When they say, man, I don't want anything to do with this. Every person that I know who's a Christian acts like or says these words and then they act like this. And so their words are meaningless. They carry nothing. And I get it. And I hate it. I'm guilty. 
But I have to know, I have to remember that it is not actually my words that carry eternal weight, but they're Jesus' words that carry eternal weight. And I've got to look like him. I have to. Because we talk about, I share that I'm hopeful, and the only reason that I'm hopeful is because of the work of Jesus and the promise of Jesus for all eternity for those who believe in him, so I have to be hopeful. And my words have to look like his words. My, ha- my words have to be his words, and my words and my actions must be like him so that people see him and they know him. And they experience something different in a world that is full of chaos and, and divisiveness. They experience like hope and love and unity that is only found because of Jesus. My yes have to be a yes, and my no have to be a no. It has to be the case because people need Jesus. I need Jesus. And I think that there are two ways for us as believers um, to accomplish this. For those of us who, who have said yes to Jesus, who know his goodness and his grace, who are walking in relationship with him because of, because of his doing and not our own, I think there's two ways for us to really to, to allow for our words to to regain weight, to really retain and regain the weight that they once had, to win over people, to be attractive in a sense of like where people see us and they ask the question, what must I do to be saved? For me, my my story is is simple. I I gave my life to Jesus when I was 12. When I was 21 years old, I I met two guys who forever changed my life. There was was this, this level of, man, I wanted to be, I wanted what they had. They had a growing and thriving relationship with Jesus, and it wasn't just, it wasn't just things that they said or a, a book that they read, but it was life that they lived, and their words in, in, in my life carried much weight. And I want us to be like them. And I think I have uh, two ways for us to do that. Let's be reminded or get acquainted with God's word. To get reminded or to be reminded or get acquainted with God's word. I talk to students all of the time, and they're like, I don't know how to live this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be like Jesus. I have no clue. And I'm like, well, let's, let's go through, let's read the Bible together. And then they, they're stunned. They're like, wait, I didn't sign up for reading anything when I got into this. That wasn't a part of it. I didn't count that cost. <laughs> but the reality is, is many of us live like that. Many of us walk in, 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 in with, with no fuel and how to live and how to love and how to speak. We go off of what somebody says on a Sunday and we, we chew on one piece of meat for all week and then we go out and we think that we're ready and equipped to live as God has called us to. But the reality is, is that we've got to spend time in his word because it is the only thing that will give us fuel. It was the only thing that will teach us how to live. It is the only thing that will transform us. I, I believe that, that prayer, worship, com, uh, community are extremely important. I think that they're uh, extremely important. But I think that we have to be fueled and fed by the word of God so that we know how to go into the presence of God. We know how to speak to God. We know how to hear from God. And we know how to love our community. We have to get alone with God's word. It's so incredibly important. And we have to let it wash over us and renew us and keep us and and change us and shift our hearts and shift our minds and shift our thinking. We've got to, like, implement, we've got to take the word of God and and remove things of ourselves and allow for him to replace them with things that he says. I tell our church often, if, if if I have something that I bring to God's word, that when I read God's word, his word says something different, I don't get to scratch his word out and replace it with my words. 
Many of us do that, though. Many of us will, will be combated with, with something in God's word, and we won't allow for it to change us, allow for it to shift our, our hearts and our minds, but we must, we have to, it's necessary, because there are people out there that need Jesus. And I hate this phrase, I hate it, it's, but it's true. People say, you're the only Jesus, you're the only Bible somebody may read. I used to laugh. I still think it's kind of stupid. I would love for us to come up with something else. Maybe we could put on a T-shirt and sell it. Um, but the reality is, is that people need for us who are believers in Jesus to go out and live like it. Go out and speak in love and truth and pour out encouragement and, and the delight of God over them and not tell them about how jacked up and far away and how hateful and wrong that they're life or who they are or whatever it is, they need us to love them. They need it so desperately. I needed it. At one point in my life, I needed it to understand the grace and love of Jesus, and I needed it from a daily basis to, to be pushed forward, to be encouraged on days like this today, be reminded or get acquainted with God's word. Second Corinthians 1 12 through 20, bear with me, says this. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. We can say with confidence and clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity in all our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own human wisdom. This is how we've conducted ourselves before the world and especially toward you. Our letters have been straightforward and there is nothing written between the lines and nothing you can't understand. I hope someday you will fully understand, even if you don't understand now, then on the day when the Lord Jesus returns, you will be proud of us in the same way, same way we are proud of you. Since I was so sure of your understanding and trust, I wanted to give you a double blessing by visiting you twice. First on my way to Macedonia and then again when I returned from Macedonia. Then you could send me on my way to Judea. You may be asking why I changed my plans. Do I make plans carelessly? Do you think I am like the people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen. Our amen ascends to God for his glory. Jesus is true, his yes and amen, his, his yes and no are true. When he said that I finished the work on the cross, I finished it for the sins of the world, I want you to come to me, I delight in you. Anybody who would call upon the name of me would be saved. Those words are true. But his words are true as well when he says for us to love our neighbor as ourselves. For us to pursue people, to love God, and then to pursue people for him and for his glory. Those same words are true. And our lives have to look like that. And the only way that we can do that is if we nestled up, if we get acquainted with the word of God and we allow for it to spur us on. We stop like going off of what we think we know. We get alone with God and we say, God, I don't know anything. I don't know what to do in this world. I'm hopeless without you. I'm asking you to change me, to show me, to grow me in your ways. My words carry your weight. My words show people who you are, God, and I need to be better. I must be better because we're talking about eternity for people. 
We're not talking about hurt feelings. We're not talking about somebody who goes home and, and, and gets better after they figure, after I say something hurtful or I don't represent Christ the right way. We're talking about eternity for people. And our words that have torn people away from Jesus, that people say, man, I want nothing to do with per, a perfect and a loving God because his people are so flawed and so hurtful and so ugly. We gotta be people who regain that word, regain, regain the weightiness of our words. We gotta fight for it. We gotta be people who encourage people and love people and build people up and we gotta find that through God's word. We have to exchange our words for his. When I was in high school, I'm almost finished. When I was in high school, um, like I said, I, I just wasn't a good dude. And I, when I, when I gave, when I really, when I really understood what God was calling me to, when I really understood more than like an eternal salvation thing, like that, that Jesus was the Son of God and He died for my sins, and and that meant forever that I get to spend with Him. When I really understood that there was this piece called lordship, this piece of where I've got to live for Him on a consistent and daily basis. When I really got that, it was around the same time, uh, a little bit before I met Zach and Amy. I was around 21 years old. When I really understood this, I, I went on this like apology tour. Like, I just started, like, like hitting people up on Facebook, and uh, yes, we, like, that was a long time ago, but we still had it. Like, I hit people up on Facebook, and just in one-on-one conversations, when I saw them, when I went home, and I just began to apologize to them. Just like, listen, like, I, I know I was a terrible person. I know uh, that I was supposed to be representing Jesus, and I didn't, and I'm so, so sorry. And for the most part, that was met with love and forgiveness um, until I, I had a conversation with this one person. And he said this to me, and I'll never forget it. And, I, and, I, and I, uh, the Lord is allowing me, has allowed me to forgive myself, but it, it marks something so dearly in my head that I'll never forget it. Um, he said to me, why would I forgive you? And then he said to me, why would I want to hear about a God who has forgiven you? Now I get his, his salvation is not on me completely. It's not on me at all. It's between him and Jesus. And I pray that God has radically changed his life and that he would know the grace of God and he would meet somebody, encounter somebody, that words did not tear him down, that words like really built him up and encouraged him. But like for me, obviously it, it was like a punch in the gut. Because I knew that my words had cost somebody to see Jesus differently. And for that reason, in that conversation, I made a decision that, man, I will do all that I can in the strength of God to never let it be so again that I couldn't just read his word and retain it and know it, but I had to live it. That my words had to look differently, that the way that I talked to people and treated people, it, it had to be different because people like him needed love. They needed Jesus and they needed me to show him, show them who he is. It's the case at your work, at your jobs, in your schools, on your teams, in your homes, it's the same People need to see people who have been marked by the, the love and grace of God living like it because our words, they matter. There are so many people in this world that spew hate everywhere you go. And we've got to be different. We have to be. Jesus' yes is sure and ours needs to be too. His yes to people, if they would receive and know his goodness and his grace, it's sure, eternally, you're secure. His words for, for all people to be loved and cherished and made and created in the image of God, those things are sure. And we need to speak like they are and we need to act like they are and we need to move and 
vote like they are, and we need to be people who have an understanding that God loves all people. And those words that we speak, it's not a t-shirt, it's a lifestyle that we live, we pursue people, we go after people, but our words, they matter. For so long, for too long, there has been this, this, this word, like this, at times where Christianity, people who stand, who claim to stand for Jesus, they don't actually love people and serve people and push people towards him and care for people. And those are not the words of Jesus. To claim that you love me, but to look nothing like it. God is calling us, he's, 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 he's equipping, or he's desiring to equip us, but he's calling us to himself to grow in our understanding of who he is and how he loves, to let our yes be our yes and our no be our no, to not stand any longer in silence when, when our words could do so much work, where people need to be poured into and build up and chased after and pursued and, and gone the extra mile for, but where it, and sometimes it's hard and so we just don't do it. Or sometimes, and this is where I get, sometimes I feel like I won't be heard because all of the other noise is so drowning. But I can't be silent because of that. I just got to scream louder about his love. I got to scream louder. I got to re, regain this, this weight in the world where people have looked aside from Christians and said, I don't want anything to do with that anymore. Because I don't see it actually lived out. I've got to, we've got to fight. We've got to fight for our words. We've got to be people who build up Jesus. And my, my heart, my hope is that I, I don't, honestly, I don't even know what I've said over the last few minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. Because it's not even what is written, but it's fine. Please. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you realize the grace that you have been given because of the work of the cross, the empty tomb, the ascended God, the Holy Spirit indwelled within us, the promise of his return for us, if you're a believer in Jesus, let us do all that we can in his strength to abide in his word, to cling to it, to hold tightly to him, to know his goodness. And then to go out and live it so that people will hear the things that we say and the way that we live. They will hear it and they will see it and they will recognize that it is not of us. That it is of a grace of a God who loves them so desperately that desires to be with them both now and forever. Our world is in shambles and the only thing that can fix us, the only thing that can unite us is the grace of God through Jesus. Let's regain the weight of our words. Let's speak to people in love and dignity. Humanity, let's chase after people because of the love of Jesus. I'm gonna invite the band up as I pray. Guys, I, I just hope, um, I've heard so many awesome things about Restore and what God is doing here. I pray that you never lose the conviction that God has placed in your heart for people. 
I'm so thankful for Zach and Amy and how God is using them to equip and call people for this city, for this state and this world, this country. Let's fight for our words. Spend time with Jesus. Spend time in his word. Let's grow in the things that he's calling us to. And let's tell people about his goodness and his grace. Your words matter so deeply. Let's stop distracting people from Jesus. Instead, let's point them to him.